0: Thank you, Senator Smith. Uh, and thank you, honorable tribal leaders. Uh, it's an honor and a privilege to be here today. I work with the Department of Energy. Uh, my name is Jeremiah Bauman. I'm the Chief of Staff to our new Undersecretary for Energy Infrastructure. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be here on uh, the ancestral lands of the Dakota, on your ancestral lands. Um, and thank you for hosting, uh, Mr. Chairman, uh, here at the on the lands of the Shakopee-Midawakanton Sioux. Um, I'm on a personal note, uh, eager to be here. I graduated from Rosemont High School just a few miles down County Road 42. Um, I should confess last time I was at Mystic Lake, I don't think my parents knew, so we'll keep that among us. Um, I thought uh, my, my written testimony has been submitted and there are sort of lists of different programs, uh, both for which tribal nations and urban indigenous communities can get direct allocations of funding out of Department of Energy as well as those where Congress set it up as a competitive program. I thought rather than list them all out, I'll talk a little bit about how we're organizing the Department of Energy to implement these programs in a way that hopefully maximizes accessibility Uh, uh, especially for um, Indian country. And then talk a little about some of those programs sort of grouped by themes to give a sense of some of the opportunities um, and hope that that sets up for us to learn how to best um, improve access to our programs. And then I do wanna mention briefly some um, uh, non-IIJA programs that might help uh, as tribal communities look to navigate some of our our programs, uh, or that might also help maximize opportunities. So first, in terms of how the department is approaching the um, implementation of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the department takes very seriously its trust responsibilities, and more than that, the president's directive to uplift and meaningfully engage all overlooked and marginalized communities, but particularly our indigenous neighbors and um, community partners uh, for who for whom we know Too long our programs have not been made accessible, but for whom for too long, the energy systems of the past and our current energy economy have caused damage or harm or left disproportionate burden. Um, And so we take our responsibility to fulfill the President's commitments to equity very seriously. And we think that in the when it comes to building a new clean energy economy which is the current charge of the Department of Energy, it's a chance to hopefully go beyond catching up and there is catching up to do with our energy infrastructure and certainly with the energy infrastructure in tribal communities, but to actually address historical injustices by building a new clean energy economy that is more just and more equitable um, in terms of how it, how it is built, how it is planned on everything from not just consultation and engagement, but to actually equitably distributing benefits uh, to as great a degree as we can. Um, we, uh, you may have heard of the President's commitment uh, often referred to as Justice 40. The commitment to strive that 40 percent of the benefits of clean energy investment will flow to disadvantaged communities. Uh, including people of color, including tribal nations, including low-income communities who have too often been on the bad end of the disproportionate distribution of harms and burdens in our energy system. We have a um, Senate confirmed leader of an office of economic impact and diversity at the Department of energy, who is translating what that means when it comes to building a nuclear energy economy. And um, if you look on our website, we have defined 8 categories of energy benefits. That range from minimizing new environmental burdens and and reducing historic environmental burdens to reducing the disproportionate energy cost burden that is faced by too many um, tribal communities, to in some cases I think the most extreme energy injusti- injustice in the country, the tens of thousands of um, people in Indian country who still don't actually even have access to affordable, reliable electric power from the grid. So that is one theme that cuts across how we are planning our investments um, in infrastructure investment and in, uh, jobs act programs. There are 72 of those programs that total $62 billion in funding. And the secretary has charged us as we de- design how the program will work, how the funds will be distributed to um, embed those equity principles into each of the programs. We're also actually organizing the structure of the department itself in ways that we think will make us more accessible, make our programs more accessible for a variety of communities. DOE is interesting as an agency in that for most of its history, about 80% of our resources have been research and development, developing new energy technologies in labs, um, trying to, you know, the next generation of solar panels and wind technology that brings costs down and makes it more accessible, but we haven't actually specialized in how to more directly make those technologies more, accessible with the with the predominance of our funds. Our energy efficiency and renewable energy teams have done a lot of work in that regard. But we see this as a huge opportunity because uh, with the good work that Senator Smith and others did in putting together this law, um, 90% of the funds, more than 90% are actually for both demonstrating technologies, so helping both investors and companies that are gonna deploy these technologies, understanding new technologies, but demonstrating them in ways that help communities understand the technologies. What are the pros and cons of these technologies? What are the costs? What are the risks and benefits to help figure out how they want to deploy the technologies? But also directly supporting communities in deploying those technologies. So the secretary created a new um, office of the Undersecretary for Infrastructure And instead of being organized the way we energy nerds organize things by renewable energy and fossil energy and nuclear energy and electricity, it's organized by the strategy or the community that we are trying to serve with these demonstration and deployment projects. So we've created a new Office of State and Community Energy Programs, and we've actually moved the Office of Indian Energy Policies and Programs to sit alongside our State and Community Energy Programs so that we are working together to build the capacity of the department to support clean energy deployment. And then those officers are sitting alongside our Loan Programs Office, our Clean Energy Demonstrations Office, our Manufacturing Energy Supply Chains Office, so that all of these programs are working hand in hand with the teams that are working to help these technologies get deployed in communities. Let me just talk briefly about a few of the t- types of programs that I think might be of particular interest. First, the we have three primary programs where Congress gave us a formula allocation that includes um, tribal nations and communities getting a direct allocation of funding. Those include energy efficiency and conservation block grants. It's $500 million um, to be used for a wide range of clean energy purposes from planning what your community wants to have happen to its energy systems to actually deploying energy efficiency or renewable energy projects. The Weatherization Assistance Program, which is a longstanding program uh, that improves home energy efficiency for low-income families. Those funds, there's a a huge infusion of $3.5 billion into that program. Um, Those funds flow through both tribes and states to nonprofit action agencies that actually do hire contractors and do the energy efficiency work in homes. And I should highlight that program is also eligible to be used for uh, workforce development and training a local workforce to do the work in buildings uh, that will make those buildings more comfortable and reduce energy bills for families. And then the third category where there are formula dollars that directly allocate funds for tribal nations and communities. Um, is in the Department of Upgrading Our Electrical Grid Infrastructure. Specifically, one program called Preventing Outages and Enhancing the Resilience of the Grid allocates $2.5 billion by formula to states and Indian tribes, primarily for um, increasing resilience to natural hazards that are increasing with climate change, for wildfire, storms, flooding, etc. Um, and a wide range of resilience activities are eligible, including um, building and developing microgrids and distributed energy resources, which I know is something many American Indian and Native Alaska, Alaska Native communities have expressed interest in. Um, let me mention, before I move on to some of the non-formula Mr. programs. Bauman, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's quite difficult because we don't have timers on the table, but if I could ask you to wrap up your uh, your verbal testimony, we'll have time to look at all of the written testimony so that we have time for questions. Thank Absolutely. You. Let me just quickly acknowledge one challenge, um, which is that some of the formula programs, unfortunately the, the way the formulas work do result in quite, quite small allocations, specifically to tribal communities. Um, And I think it was uh, Chairwoman Shavers who mentioned the costs that can be imposed in terms of overhead and paperwork and financial reporting. So we are looking very hard at how we can be creative to help people access these funds in ways that may not have that overhead or that might leverage really small grants for much bigger benefit. So I'd be happy to talk more about some of those opportunities including other programs of the department uh, as you uh, would like, thank you.